Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano, and thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. Well, September is knocking at the door, and unless you live in a climate as I do, warm weather here in the state of Florida, you're getting ready to say goodbye to the summer of 2022. Was it a good summer? I hope it was a good summer for you. I have mixed feelings about the summer of 2022. I think business-wise, it was very good. I can't complain about that. Uh, worldwide, on the world stage, I guess you see the same old things that have been happening for the past two or three years. I guess different amounts or different uh, degrees. But I kept fairly a low profile myself. I wasn't really that involved over the summer in social media or anything like that. That may change in the upcoming months. We'll see. For those of you who are longtime listeners to this podcast, welcome back. I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. If you are new, as the intro says, this is the podcast where we talk about building a better kind of online business, better being defined as having less of all of the things that bog people down in the self-employed, entrepreneurial, solopreneurial business world of today. I'm talking about things like moving parts, business overhead, all of the headaches that come with the traditional approach to running a business. Today's episode, before we get started, is brought to you by OneToManySystem.com. It's OneToManySystem.com. This is where you'll learn an evergreen strategy that can completely transform your business by automating what up until now, I guess you could say, things that required a lot of ongoing time and effort and maintenance. See, the truth is having the right systems and automation in place can transform any kind of business. The problem is that most systems do not give you the freedom to adjust for the specifics of your own business, and this does. Also, most systems that are scalable really do involve a lot of moving parts and really can add a significant cost because of these various moving parts to your monthly overhead. And again, this doesn't. This is what I've been teaching my clients for over a year now. We're going on two years. Everything is covered in OneToManySystem.com. So go ahead, watch the complete presentation, OneToManySystem.com. Take advantage of the free time-limited offer there to help you get started. All right, today I want to talk a little bit about email marketing. This is a huge topic, and I was thinking, how am I going to talk about this in what I hope to be 30 minutes around that time, a 30-minute podcast. And actually, I wish I could call it something else for the sake of this episode, because the term marketing means different things to different people. And uh, let me just give it a quick definition for the sake of this topic today. Marketing is more like awareness. That's why big companies separate their marketing and sales into two separate departments. A lot of people don't realize that, that in the traditional business world, marketing is one department, sales is another department. But if we apply that definition, marketing is more like awareness, then you could say we have an awareness department. And how do we make people aware of whatever it is we want them to be aware of? Well, there's a lot of ways to do that, and it takes a lot of forms, where sales is different. Sales is where we make a specific offer that has specific benefits to a specific group of people, and it's all measurable. Where a lot of marketing 
yeah, it kind of is measurable, but really I would like to measure the offers that I make um, under a, a using just, you know, under a microscopic lens to see what it is that I'm doing, what I can do better. I know you can apply the same thing to marketing, but in my mind, again, I look at marketing and sales as being two different things, even though they're connected. Maybe they're two sides to the same coin, as I said in the past. But all of this said, a marketing campaign can have, or an awareness campaign can have many different objectives. And some of those objectives, of course, will include sales. Now, for example, let me just give you let me give you a quick example of this. There is what people call the problem solution awareness. And so maybe that's our strategy for putting something together, an email marketing campaign. You know, you can help a prospective customer become aware of something that they need. Another term for this is called problem awareness. So certain campaigns are designed to create problem awareness. Or you can focus on solution awareness, which is letting a prospective customer know that you have a solution to a specific problem. Those are two really different things. I know it kind of sounds like semantics, but there's problem awareness, there's solution awareness. And of course, if you don't want to focus exclusively on the problem or exclusively on the solution, you can put both of them together and flesh it out to be the before and after type of marketing objective. In other words, we can take you from this state to this state, from this place to this place, from this problem to this solution. That's the way I prefer to do it instead of just focusing on the problem or just focusing on the solution, combine both of them together. Another objective is to simply focus on generating fresh leads and connecting with new prospective buyers. Now, if we just tick it up one notch, we may, we may already have some fresh leads, some new people, some new prospects, so we may decide that our objective is going to be to turn these people from leads into customers. Remember, we're talking about the objective behind a marketing campaign, because once we understand what that is, then we can flesh that out in email form. Another objective would be to turn existing customers, people who already know you, they like you, they've purchased from you before, is to turn them into purchasers of additional products, additional services that you create and that you offer over time, or in some cases, affiliate offers. So we're talking about repeat buyers here. And then, of course, we can look at other things such as building a community or building an advocacy for your brand. In other words, getting other people to promote you willingly. People that are happy customers, you give them the opportunity to share your content, to share your graphics, to share your information. This is where the relationship goes beyond just being something that's transactional into really getting to know your customers. Think about social media support groups and social media groups as a good example of this. Again, all these methods, all these objectives can be brought together under the umbrella of an email marketing campaign. And once you have a an objective or a focal point, it makes the writing or the creation of that campaign much easier. And when it's easier, it enables you to be much more effective. Now, as part of my own business, I've been managing email marketing campaigns for clients since 2001. It was the first major service that I added to my web development and web marketing business structure back in the early days. 
2001 was a long time ago. I mean, even if you've been around for a while, even if you were born in the in the 50s or the 40s, uh, 2000, I mean, we're talking over 20 years. No matter how old you are, over 20 years is a long time ago. And email was in its infancy in a lot of ways back then. But in other ways, it really hasn't changed that much. The way we communicate may be slightly different, but the words that we use, the arguments that we make, the patterns, they're very similar. Matter of fact, you can go back and look at in the 90s and in the 80s and the 70s, even those arguments that were made, why you should purchase something, why you should take action now, or the, the different marketing objectives, they're all very similar. That doesn't really change very much over time. Now, for years, I used my own server and a fairly simple script that a friend of mine bought and updated to begin his own email marketing adventures. Fortunately, I met him. His name is, is also Jim, and he developed this script and later went on to buy the company that he was the lead tech for. And he was uh, down here where I live in Florida. He eventually moved, but he took over the company. He changed his name, but I've been using the original mail server. He's been managing it since 2001. So I went big very early on with email marketing. I just went all out into promoting it, talking to people about it, very different from what I do today. And all in all, I sent out over three, probably a little over, a little under, three billion client emails. I'm talking about big clients, little clients. Some of the clients I had were just huge back then as far as the size of their mailing lists go. Now I'm telling you all of this because I've seen all this from firsthand experience over the years. I've never seen more business owners stumble over or struggle with a topic, a strategy, or an activity like I've seen with email and email marketing. It's incredible. I've seen every type of issue from paralysis by analysis with people overwhelmed with too many options to the opposite side of the spectrum where people stare at a blank screen not knowing what to say. And these are people maybe... They've been in business for a long time, and they know the people they're sending the email to. They know them. They know many of them by first name. They've been customers for years. But still, when they get involved with this process we know as email marketing, for whatever reason, they freeze up. Now, for the sake of brevity, I don't want to do an exhaustive deep dive into this topic, talk about theories and maybe some case studies that really won't apply to most of you. But rather, I want to look at this simply from a problem-solution approach that hopefully will take a few more boxes for those of you who are struggling with this right now. I'm talking to those of you who know you should be doing more with email marketing than you're currently doing, but you don't really have a practical path with a minimal amount of moving parts in front of you to help you get going. Isn't it true that maybe you have all the parts that you need to get started or to reboot whatever it is that you're doing, but... It's just too complex. There's just too many options. And when you have too many options, then you're inclined not to do anything because you're not really sure if you're making the best choice for what it is that you're doing. But first, let me just roll this back a little bit. Let's just talk briefly. And I do mean briefly about all the tools that are out there on the market today. Now, if you choose the wrong email marketing tool to get started, it's not really that big of a deal because the great thing about it is there's always an easy way that you can export your list and upload it to a different service down the road. For some of you, down the road may be a week from now. For others, it may be six months or a year. 
Now, I'm a big fan of sticking with maybe one or two tools because the more you stay with something, the more familiar you become with using that tool, the more proficient you become with it, and the faster and easier everything seems to be. But if you jump from tool to tool to tool, then what happens over time is it takes you more time to understand how all of these tools work, how all of them fit together. And while you're in the learning process, most people who are still learning aren't really making the kind of money they will be making when they put the learning side kind of behind them. And it's not that you don't learn ongoing, you do, but sometimes you just, you know, for all intents and purposes, go back to school. And whether you spend a month, a year, or somewhere in between getting everything back up to the point that it needs to be at, you know, that's up to you as the individual. But a lot of people I know, even for myself, if you're already running in a, a business and you have an established business, then you have to you have to carefully pick your shots. So I may decide that, for example, the summer of 2022, I'm going to use that for content creation. Or maybe the fall of 2022, I'm going to use that to brush up and on continuing education. Or maybe I'm going to put all that to the side and focus for the rest of the year on sales because I already have enough education in place to get the job done. You get where I'm coming from. We're all in different places. But again, email is just one of those things that if you choose a lousy system, one that's lousy for you, it's not a big deal that you can easily take those names and move them over to another list and barely skip a beat. Now, one of the reasons why MailChimp, very popular email service, been around a long time, became so popular was that they made it integrate with just about everything that was out there. It integrated very well, almost seamlessly with whatever tech you happen to be using, WordPress or something else. MailChimp was the go-to for a lot of people. For the average person, I would say more people than not chose MailChimp. MailChimp was recently purchased by Intuit, the people that produce QuickBooks. And another benefit that MailChimp had, I believe it still does, was that you could have up to 2,000 subscribers on their free version. For a lot of local businesses and local freelancers, 2,000 was enough. In other words, they weren't out there just trying to generate big lists. They were trying to build lists of responsive people. They weren't in the affiliate marketing game. These were people that were serving direct customers and clients. Now, if I were just getting started today, I know somebody will ask me this. I'm just going to throw it out there. If you ask me a year from now, I might give you another service, but I'd probably be more apt to recommend a service like MailerLite for someone getting started today. They have a free plan, and they're, even their bottom tier when it comes to pricing starts at only $9 a month. So I believe if you pay for the whole year up front, that's what it comes out to. So that's pretty good. Now, if you want to have a tool that does everything and gives you complete control over customizations and design and all of that, I got to be honest with you, especially in the scope of this podcast episode today, there's just too many to mention. Now, currently, you know, I'm kind of an outlier when it comes to email marketing tools because I've been involved in the business since the early days, since the pioneer days of email marketing. I currently find myself using five different tools, email marketing tools, email marketing systems, because each fits a different use case in the way I want to do things and with the objectives that I want to accomplish for both myself and different types of clients. But you can keep it simple and just choose one. 
If you're an affiliate marketer, on the other hand, I wouldn't suggest a MailerLite or a MailChimp or anything like that. I'd probably go with an older service that's more catered towards affiliate marketing, like an AWeber or a GetResponse. And they're more, a little more tolerant of bouncing emails. If you don't know what an email bounce is, it's basically, I guess you can say that nobody's there on the other side. Sometimes a mailbox is full and it can't take any more mail. Of course, that's not a box that someone's checking. So now I'm not sure if there's a better way for me to segue into this thought. So I'm just going to come right out and say it. If you're doing e-commerce, you can benefit from all of the various systems, marketing tricks of the trade. All of those things are much easier to do for you if you're involved in e-commerce. You're selling a lot of different products, a lot of different things. Then you can if, let's say, you're an average maybe freelance service provider. For example, what does the what does a simple sales funnel look like? Most of the time you go to a site and there's a headline there, there's some type of free download available, PDF or something simple, a report, and you input your name and your email address, sometimes just an email address, and then you're taken to a lot of the pros use what's called the bridge page. Now that could just be a thank you page and maybe it has a link to an inexpensive paid product or there's some type of soft upsell there. I mean, sometimes it's just a thank you page, but the bridge page usually gives you an opportunity. That's why it's not just called a thank you page. A bridge page says thank you, but it gives you the opportunity to make a sale. And so whether it's your product or an affiliate product or something like that, people do quite well with making an offer right off the bat after someone signs up for their list. But with all of the email campaigns that I've seen over the years, this really seems to work well for people that are in an e-commerce type of business. Now, let's make sure we're all on the same page when it comes to e-commerce, okay? Here's a good example of it. My, a friend of mine owns a cosmetic business, and she sells different lines of cosmetics and skincare products. Primarily, she focuses on skincare. And this is a great example of it because people have all kinds of skincare challenges. So on her bridge page where it says, thank you for subscribing to her mailing list, she may have a discount coupon that somebody will be able to bring the code in or something that you mention and you get a percentage off your next service. Or she may have a one-time offer where there's a certain type of exfoliant that's available that's very popular for 50% off. And you'll only see that offer that one time on that one page. Do you get where I'm coming from? So I'm sure you've seen something similar to that. But what makes it easy for her to do all of this is that she has so many different types of products that she can mix or match or add to or take from. Whereas the, uh, the average service provider, they're out there doing one or two services. And so for them, it's maybe a little bit more of a struggle to answer the question, what should I give away that somebody would like enough to be willing to sign up for? Or what should I make downloadable? What should the offer be? When you have all kinds of products, maybe the hardest thing to do is to decide which offer is the best, which offer is the second best, which offer is the third best, and so on. 
Whereas if you're a service provider, sometimes you'll struggle just to create that initial offer to begin with. And that's one of the things that keeps people from going all out and moving forward with email marketing. If you have, for example, a popular Facebook group or you're popular on Instagram and you have a lot of followers, if people enjoy that content, you can ask them to go to a certain page and sign up and become a subscriber maybe to get some updates, news, and you could say you're going to get four or five different benefits from subscribing to that list. And then you subscribe to the list. We've all subscribed to lists like that. Why? Because we enjoyed the content. We enjoyed the videos. We enjoyed whatever it was, the images they were sharing. And then suddenly, cue the crickets. We never hear from those people again. Do you know why? Because they can't figure out what to say or what to do or how to move forward with email themselves, even though they have lots and lots of visitors. Have you ever seen somebody like, I, I don't care what platform they are, they're on, but you know they're popular. Other people have talked about them. You sign up for their list and then you never hear from them. You wish they would contact you with information about the topic because you enjoy their content, but again, you never hear from them. Why is that? The, the reason is very simple is because a lot of people, and again, let me go back to that original statement I made. I've never seen more business owners stumble over this topic, this strategy, or this activity. I'm talking about email and email marketing. This alone sits head and shoulders above everything else that I've seen. A few friends of mine have high-end businesses here in Sarasota with, in, the, uh, in the food industry, but they have events that they do on a regular basis. And so they use email marketing to advertise upcoming events. So they have open rates of 60 and 70% with a few thousand subscribers. Think about that to yourself. Well, if I had events, then I could use email marketing to talk about my events. But that's just an example. They don't have hundreds or thousands of products to choose from. They don't have a bunch of different combinations of things that they can make available and put it in the email format and say, hey, if you respond today, we'll give you 50% off of this or that, or here's a coupon, or here's something else, or here's a one-time offer. They don't have any of that. They have physical locations, and they sell maybe a limited number of things. You know, a restaurant has a lot of things on the menu, but it's still a restaurant. And you would think, well, what, what can I do? That would want, why would people want to sign up for an email list for a restaurant? You know, there's a lot of restaurants out there, especially the ones that do really well, where they don't play the coupon game, they don't play the discount game. And some of them don't even do early bird specials. But these restaurants make a lot of money and they're, they're upper scale restaurants, but yet they still use email. Well, what do they do with it? Well, sometimes they'll advertise a recipe or a specific dish. But a lot of them just, they really just crank by putting these events together. People come and they, they have all these wine tastings, wine and cheese tastings. They just, they are event-driven type of, it's an event-driven type of marketing strategy. And sometimes these events make more money with a single event than the rest of the business does with the other, on average, four weeks of the month. So that's just an example of using email marketing, email outreach, email sending, however you want to position it to promote what's happening in your market with your business in your world. No matter how you use email, at the end of the day, it all has to be brought to and adapted to your business, your product offerings, your services, and so on. But here's a good example. I know that when you tell people that they should start using email 
email marketing more often in their business, or maybe they're not using it at all, but that there's a big opportunity there, most people won't argue with that. But on the other side of the spectrum, you have people that just, when it's time to get started, excuse me, they just find themselves looking at a blank screen, not really knowing what it is they should say, how they should say it. And I think in that case, the pressure that people put on themselves is they're trying to be witty or they're trying to sound interesting. They're trying to step things up to a level that they're not yet comfortable with. And there's some easy ways around this. I mean, most of this is just happening in your head. You already know how to communicate. You already know how to connect with other people. It's just that you do it naturally. When someone, it's like taking a test. A lot of you have uh, knowledge in certain areas that if somebody put a piece of paper in front of you and said, here, take a time test, then all of a sudden you can't remember facts that would normally come to you really easily if it was under different circumstances. So I think email, email marketing, email outreach is a lot like that. Now, one of the ways that's actually popular and maybe a little bit easier for some of you is putting together a very simple newsletter. For example, my friend Devinder runs a newsletter called the WP Weekly, and that stands for the WordPress Weekly. It's available at, if you want to check it out, thewpweekly.com. And let me read this to you. This is directly from his website. It says, the WordPress Weekly, the weekly newsletter for WordPress professionals. So it tells you exactly what the newsletter is about, and then it has underneath it two chunks of text. The first says why, and the next one says how. Under why, it says, the WordPress community is vast and there's a lot of things to stay updated. The idea is to bring the best bits in a short and concise newsletter that should not take more than 10 minutes of reading time. So there he states that it's short, it's concise, and it shouldn't take more than 10 minutes. How, the next section of text says, Use the following form to sign up for this free newsletter. As of now, the plan is to send one newsletter alert per week sharing the WordPress goodness, no spam promise. So again, he states exactly what it is. And if you want to check out his newsletter, there's an archive section there. Even if you're not a WordPress enthusiast or a WordPress user, or you're just not into it that much, you can still check out to see how the newsletters are formatted by checking out the archive. Again, that's at the WPWeekly.com. Now inside, In case you just want me to describe it to you quickly, the newsletter contains mostly bullet point items or numbered items that have a brief text introduction, maybe two sentences, and then a link to the news item that's on another website. So basically you have a nicely formatted newsletter of aggregated news items. Uh, One way to look at this approach is, is that all of the heavy lifting is really done for you. In other words, you can compile the blog post news items on whatever your topic happens to be, and then you publish it. Now, this newsletter also has a sponsored by section, and uh, this is where businesses pay to have their links included. So that's something that you can consider doing possibly in the future once you're starting to build up an audience. And it depends what your niche is. I mean, some audiences will attract sponsors with as little as you know, 300 people maybe. And the reason why they'll do that is because it's such a focused niche that the people want to, the sponsors want to get in front of that audience because they'll be 
there's more out to be buyers there instead of what we might call tire kickers. But you could do this in your market, absolutely. People are busy for the most part and they don't have a lot of time to read. And in Devinder's case, this also helps him build his brand and connect with his audience. Now, a local friend of mine used to put a similar type of newsletter together in my area, local area, Sarasota, Florida, very simple. And she used to write little small snippets letting people know what events were going on locally each and every week, especially when the weekend was coming up. There's things that you can do in our area that most people enjoyed the fact that they could just go get all that information on one newsletter. And it was also published on the website at the time. And then what happened is the audience grew to multiple thousands of people. And then local businesses would then pay to advertise in this email newsletter. Uh, a few friends of mine, Kyle and Matt, run a Facebook group called The Admin Bar. This is also a WordPress-based group that's made up of designers and developers of all different skill levels. And every Friday, Kyle sends out a newsletter that contains some thoughts and links and links to the most interesting or helpful group posts for that week. And like the vendors WP Weekly, the content is created by others. In this case, the content exists within the group, within this WordPress group on Facebook. And it's compiled in such a way that it makes it very easy to find the best content on any given week. So for the past year or so, personally, I've dramatically limited the amount of time I spend on social media in general because I wanted to redirect that time into other areas that I felt were more important time-wise and needed my attention. And then I thought once those areas got built up, then I can always go back and spend some more time on social media again. So I spent the last year to year and a half doing this. Now, when I first did this, I'll be honest, I was such an, I was in such a habit of going on to Facebook and checking out all these groups. It was very time-consuming. I didn't realize how much time I was spending on social media just chatting here and there. And I don't want to make it sound like a negative. I mean, you, you know where I'm coming from. You know it can be. It can be used in a positive way. But what happened was when I first made that disconnect, I did feel like I was kind of in the dark. But newsletters like the vendors and Kyle's uh, made it easy to keep up with what was happening in the community just at a glance, another newsletter that was very helpful is the WP Builds newsletter from uh, Nathan Wrigley. He sends that out, I believe, at the beginning of every week. So between those three, I was able to keep up with what was happening within about 10 minutes a week instead of spending hours upon hours on social media. And then I took all the time that I freed up and I put it back into areas of business slash personal life that I wanted to give more attention to for a time. So as a business owner, a newsletter saves me hours of time and energy keeping up with what's happening in my market. And there's no reason why you couldn't do the same. You could start out very simply by maybe having just a handful of news items that you share with your mailing list. Now I went ahead and I started an entirely new website and I just used a very simple template when I started my brand new newsletter called the Digital Strategist Newsletter, it's not going to win any design awards, but that wasn't its purpose. The idea was to get something started quickly, to get the information out quickly. You can check all of that out for yourself at jimsnewsletter.com. 
I just used Beaver Builder templates and got it up and running. And you know, could it be better? Well, absolutely. I can go back and redesign it. I probably will in the months ahead or maybe at the beginning of the new year. I'm not sure. But I decided I was going to put out a monthly newsletter myself to stay connected with people that I'm not really connecting with regularly anymore because I'm not spending that time on social media. So, you know, sometimes you have to give a little to get a little, but it's just one of those things where, you know, marketing is about not being in that place where you're out of sight and out of mind. And email is an excellent tool to be able to do that with your existing customers, with new prospects, with people who maybe just stumble across your content somewhere, be it on your website or social media or by a referral. Having something like this can really help your business out. It can really help you grow your personal brand. And yes, it can help you make more sales and get more clients. And like most things, if you don't keep it simple when you're first getting started, you probably won't get started because again, there's just so many options out there. But I started the Digital Strategist newsletter. I put a quick text-based logo together. It took me about 15 minutes and I decided that I'll do this for a year and then I will sit back and evaluate where I'm at. I'll see what type of feedback I've gotten, what the open rates are like, and then I'll decide if I want to keep it going another year or not. Or I may just decide to go back to just sending out regular emails, updating people on whatever thoughts that I have or insights, or I do a lot of how-to. I'm sure you noticed that in this podcast and course creator and and do things like that, do a lot of consulting. So that how-to approach to solving problems is one that I've been doing for, you know, a long time. So if you aren't comfortable, and again, we're not just deep diving into this, going over it, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. I'm looking at this from a, a general standpoint, trying to give you some tips to help you get started. One of the things that you can do I wouldn't recommend doing this with your current email address, one that you like to get all of your, use for all of your contacts that matter, I guess we'll put it that way. But uh, you might create a different email address and then go out there and sign up for every type of newsletter you can get your hands on, every type of mailing list, and then see all of the different styles of email communication. You know, I'm saying newsletter because this is just an easy way using the content that other people create, maybe making a few comments about it and sending links to it that's helpful to your list. This is just a a simple way for most people to get started. It doesn't require a lot of creative writing. It doesn't require that you teach anything or anything like that. But it enables you to present value to your subscribers, to your customers, and to grow and develop your brand. That's why I'm kind of focusing on that word newsletter here. But they all come in all different shapes and forms. And if you, for example, create a new Gmail account or a new Yahoo address or, or whatever, and just use that to subscribe to a bunch of emails, then, and if you really like one, then you use your your main email address, let's put it that way. I don't even know, do people have a main email address anymore? I have two main email addresses. I have a Gmail account that I use all the time, just makes it easier for Google-based stuff to have that address. And then I have my personal domain email address. Actually, there's two on there. So I remember the days when we would just use one email for everything. But now, well, things are a little more complex today, right? 
But as you get these different emails in, as you subscribe to all of these different lists, you'll see all of the different styles. You'll see what you can borrow from. You'll get ideas. You'll get insights. You'll see ways that text and images can be compiled together. And you'll also see some that are very simple. And you might just decide, I just want a single column text bullet points with links. I'm going to start with that. Or if you're more of a, the communicator type of person or a teacher type of person, you may teach one or two quick lessons every month and then you know, provide some links that somebody can go to if they want more information. You get the idea. There isn't a, there's no such thing as an email marketing police, so to speak. They're going to grade your newsletter. Now, yeah, you can get your newsletter uh, graded as far as whether it's considered spam or not. I'm not going to go into that in, in detail today. But there are ways to make sure that your email doesn't come across as being spammed by, you know, all the different security settings people have. You don't want your stuff routed to the spam box. But again, that's another topic for another day. So the idea here is that you get used to communicating with people. It's a non-salesy way to get started. And if you're comfortable with selling using words, if you're comfortable with selling using email, then I'll be the last person to tell you that you shouldn't do it. I just want to say that there has to be a balance of the value that you give when you combine that with the offers that you're sending along to the people that have subscribed to your newsletter or to your email, to your list, however you want to put it. So, all right, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please, as always, go ahead and share the episode link with them or send them directly to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. Last week, we had such a hard time when it came to the podcast service. The server went down. It was down for two or three days. I think it went down like Monday night, and it wasn't up until it came back up, and then it went back down again. And then I think by Thursday, everything was ironed out. But I'm seriously considering moving the podcast over in my case, it's a lot of work. Again, I don't want to go into the details on doing it for this particular podcast episode, but I have three other podcasts on the network, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, you can go to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. All of the back episodes can be found there, and I appreciate those of you who take the time to share this podcast whether it's a specific episode link or the podcast in general on social media or with a friend because it really does help me reach people that would otherwise be very difficult to connect with in with all the noise that's out there today. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for sharing. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later.